What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of FilmmakerU.com, and I'm your host, Gordon Burkell, and every week we're going to bring you an interview with a film professional to explore the craft of filmmaking. And of course, this week is no different. I'm interviewing Matthias Bucard, the cinematographer for Athena, Compromise, and The Odyssey. Now, we talk a lot about The Odyssey because his work captures a lot of the underwater visuals for Jacques Cousteau's biopic. And this included shooting in Antarctica. And he talks about the challenges that come with shooting in such a cold, unfriendly environment. Now, if you like this, be sure to check us out at filmmakeru.com for courses where we bring you the best in the industry to discuss the craft and show you some of their secrets. Some of these industry experts include Eric Whip, the colorist for Mad Max, three-time Oscar winner, VFX supervisor Rob Legato, among many other amazing creatives. Of course, you can get 10% off using the promo code The Cutting Room. Now, with all that said, let's hear what Mateus has to say about shooting the Odyssey. We're going to talk about Athena, but I do want to talk about the Odyssey for a second because yeah. you guys shot in five different countries, including Antarctica. What were some of the challenges of shooting in Antarctica that people might not be aware of? I think the most, the first thing is like when you you cannot talk with other people that shot already in Antarctica. It's really hard to find. So it's not like something like even, I mean, now I will say that uh, it was complicated because it was an adventure and it's, you have to, it has to look like a film set. And at some point, you you know that you're just going to be like a few people, keep people there. So it's it's a mix between documentary, film sets. That, that's hard because obviously you're really far away. You're like three days of boat of your <laughs> of a country in a way. Uh, but I think the most most complicated thing was like, you know, we didn't have any answers. So we're like, how it's going to be to shoot there? And I didn't have uh, any like DP that I can talk to and say, oh, how, uh, how what was to shoot there? And so I talk a bit with some anim- um, some like uh, drone specialists that they were doing some stuff with uh, whales and stuff like that. But even that, because they're not in the same um, business than us. And I had to do a movie there and with actors, with, you know. So even that was not super helpful. Like, okay, it's cold, it's uh, you get wind, there's some highs, okay. <laughs> but, but, uh, but uh, you know, the, the, the thing was like, I mean, the most exciting part also was how to organize a film set in an expedition mode, you know. When I think about it, all I can think about is white snow everywhere, <laughs> which must have been, just throwing light everywhere. So how do you how did you tackle shooting and getting the the look right for your film if like you're getting bounced light everywhere? Yeah, I mean that that was like that relaxed me in a way because I was like, okay, in terms of light, you know, I'm not gonna start to put negative everywhere. It doesn't make sense. It's no, it's no. So at some point I was like after, you know, the most complicated part of the Odyssey in a way was like how to shoot all the sequence on the sea. And be sure that the sea, and we will, we're gonna shoot them in like many days of shoots, and to be sure that at the end it looks like the same day, the same hours, you know, because obviously the the the, the look of the sea change because of the light, because of the tide, because of you know like where where you are, like so that was already something super complicated to to manage for me in the Odyssey, which is not something that you. Well, when you look at the movie, you don't really think about it, but 
to match all the color of the scene, the same scene, which obviously was never shot at the same time. Uh, that was that was something complicated. And so when I arrived in in Antarctica, I was already like uh, you know in the good mood to understand how to shoot the the snow. Just it was even easier in terms of light. I will say that the most complicated thing part for me was like it's it was a continuous day, so it was ne- it was a never-ending day light with um, three three hours of dusk, uh, really long uh, sunset and sunrise. And uh, so it took me a bit of time uh, to understand what was the best light for the movie and uh, how to manage to to find a good window, you know, because the, it was a continuous day. So it was not like, OK, it was not a normal day. The sun was already always, always, always up. So and obviously, because you shot in a, in a wild space, you have to think about the weather. So you have to, you know, it's not just uh, try to catch the best light. It's like. At what time of the day do we have too much wind? Because we were facing some funny stuff. Like if you get too much wind and you're on the ice, then suddenly you have to move because too much ice is coming and you can stay blocked. So so you shot and suddenly you see, I, I will say like a football field of ice coming. And if you don't get up on the boat, then you're blocked, you know, there because it's not that easy to work on. So. So it was that kind of stuff. So we were shooting. Oh, that's the perfect place. And in, I would say, 15 minutes, the place was changing because of the, of the wind, of the ice, everything. So, but at some point also, I mean, you put the camera where you want with the lens that you want, and it worked. You know, it's like you never, you don't have to question yourself about if it's if it looks like Antarctica, you are in Antarctica. So one of the one of the biggest challenge was like how to be sure that on the screen you feel how big it is. And uh, at that moment, I had the chance to to have with me the just re- the 25 millimeters anamorphic cook, which was just released at that time. It was like seven years ago. And if I didn't have that lens, the 25 anamorphic, I was I was it, it, it will be much more complicated because it's hard to 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 especially in in a, in a super 35 it was not question of that uh, large format or 65 i was in super 35 so it's hard to to really like um um understand the size of what you think and and and, and put it on camera it's kind of cool because you're like one of the few people in the world who've stood on the bottom of the earth <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're shooting a movie i mean there, there's some tourists and some people that they doing uh shoot animals or but shooting a movie like you know like you have a scene to do with actors and so it, it was funny because I, I actually we were like i think 12 or 15 and everybody has to work for the first ad was also doing the costume the you know we had uh, we had two people for makeup but then everybody was doing something. Even the actor had to uh, to work, you know, to to do. So the 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 we had the doctor with us all the time because it was. I mean, there are no hospital, there are no doctor there. So if something happened, we had a doctor. But we have to 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 say, okay, we're not gonna pink. Uh, uh, we're go- not gonna take a K grip because we need the doctor. So we took the doctor. But at some point, I explained how to be a K grip to the doctor. 
<laughs> how to help, you know. <laughs> and it was when he was not like a, uh, when he was not doctor, it was, I mean, a grip, you know, with us because it has to be like that, you know. <laughs> now, I have one last question about Odyssey, and that is um, underwater. There's certain moments where it's like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's a visual effect in terms of like the whale lining up with her, that type of thing. Uh, but were there any moments that you guys caught the animals just were there, like the you know the sharks or someone showed up and was there for yeah, you guys? I mean, all the all the shark you have no CG. We 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 always oh, shoot them in Bahamas. Uh, we tried to shoot them in B unit in South Africa, but uh, we had uh, we had bad luck with with weather and visibility. You know that's something that's really important when you shoot underwater. It's visibility <laughs> because at some point, so you had to be lucky. You had to find shark, blah blah blah, blah and you have to find to find them and have enough visibility. We find that in the Bahamas, and uh, in Bahamas they have a place where it's called Stuart Cove, which is like a really famous place to shoot uh, to shoot shark there, because the the water is really clear, and also they they do shark feeding. So at some point they they know how, how what time the shark gonna be there and stuff. We collaborate on this sequence with uh, Peter Zuccarelli, which is uh, like a really famous uh, underwater operator and a really good uh, operator underwater. And um, and and all the shark was real, uh, the turtle was real, the whale was real actually. Just like we compose, uh, we compose uh, with uh, with the diver and. Uh, and actually, <laughs> the, we had to to do CGI in Croatia a lot because there were no 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 fish in the sea, which is really weird. But actually, it was like we were talking about the, the story about that, you know, in the movie. The, the movie is about how it was. You had so many fish in the past, and now you know because we don't take care enough, we we don't we don't have that much now, and so. There are some places there we just have to put some little fish because they were not. But uh, but we we get lucky. We get lucky with animals, you know. We we get lucky with animals, and we we took time to 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 have them on frame, you know. We didn't use that much CG to be honest, just a bit. So how did you get uh, involved with Athena? Like how did you get brought on board for that? Uh, I, I, actually, I was shooting. Uh, I know really well the producer Moad Belkeda. Which is uh, which is uh, one of the owner of uh, Iconoclast, which is uh, like the production company, and they're doing also uh, beside their work in feature film, they're doing also a lot of commercial. And uh, I meet him uh, doing some Dior commercial. Uh, I did many Dior commercial with Natalie Portman and and uh, actors like that. And he was producing, and we meet we meet us. Uh, I knew Roma because Roma is at Iconoclast for like 15 years and uh, 10 years, I think. And um, I was like uh, waiting to have an opportunity to work with him. And uh, through at some point, uh, his DP was not in volleyball and uh, more no because we had we shot many, many commercial together. And Roma was like starting to doing a casting and searching for a DP and a it was like focusing on find someone that uh, can be enough technical to following in these uh, like crazy ideas. We met and um, we, we actually prepped two or three times some commercial that never happened. Uh, so we had already like a talk, uh, one lunch before. And uh, when he sent me this script, I was like, okay, let's go. Let's stop what I'm doing, uh, you know, uh, stop. 
and I'm going to focus on that, you know, <laughs> just just on that. I mean, the script and him also, because it's like, this is something to receive a good script and a really like um, something complicated and technical and uh, ambitious. But I knew that because of the work of Romain, I knew that uh, we're going to do what you, uh, what, what you want to do, you know. We're going to try to achieve that, you know. Now, when you get the script, because there's a lot of chaos in this film, just how, what were your notes like? Because I feel like at some points it probably would have been like, and then this happens and like, we'll just leave it until we shoot it. <laughs> you might no, not know. No, 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 no. I mean, it was basically, I, I opened the script. It was, it was right. Sequence shot one and then brrr, all the story, like with a lot of details. And it was like one page, two page, three page, four page, six page, seven page. Yeah, I was like, okay, the second shot one is like, it starts to be really challenging, blah, 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 blah. And then stop. I was like, okay, then second shot two. Okay, one, two, three. Oh, second shot two is, is, is shot. No, I mean, all the details, even if you, you don't have that much dialogue in, uh, in Athena, but all the description of the action, uh, they were already in the script. Doesn't mean that we doesn't we didn't change some stuff or we didn't uh, you know challenge some moment, but it was already there you know before to before even to have a, a location, uh, which was hard because obviously was the first step was like writing the story, the story, uh, find some money to 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 do the movie and then try to find a location where we can do that you know and then adapt all the story to the location. But it's actually, I'm really surprised how close it is, to be honest. We didn't change that much. You know, that's all, also one really powerful thing with Roma. It's like he had the vision and he doesn't lose himself in like many, many uh, options. It's like he want to try to achieve his vision. So that helped a lot because then your energy is focused on try to achieve a vision and not like, because it's easy to change. Oh, this is, ah, it's not important. Ah, we can change that, we can change. And at some point then it's like, you know, just a mix of like sin, you know? So it was already there. So what were your notes then like on the script? Like what what do you take into account while you're reading a script to prepare yourself for your first meeting with them? Uh, well, this one, I, 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 it was weird because normally I, I, um, I read a script and I say, okay, this is maybe my vision. Uh, we have, we have to do it like that. On this one, I was like, okay, I don't know how to do it. And I'm going to be really, really, really honest with Romain, but I don't know how to do it, basically. My note was like, I, I never did that before, and I don't know how to do it. But I, but no, you know, if with work and preparation, we will do it. So I didn't I didn't try to, I did, I always try in the first meeting to to understand what the director wants, you know, that's, that's the key. You know, and uh, and uh, and on this one, it was like, you know, I was like hoping that maybe you know exactly how to do it, and I was just like, okay, let's do it with this camera in this light. But but actually, this movie is strange because not strange, but it's really interesting for that because um, I, I read the script, I said I don't know how to do it, and then uh, we did we had the first meeting with all the, the 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 crew, and it was my first time on a meeting with all the crew with some really experienced guy that everybody was like, nobody know how to do it. So, okay, step one, chapter one, you know, let, let's start from the beginning. And uh, Romain also was, was, was at that point, you know, 
and uh, and um, so it was quite cool because it's you don't have this pressure, you know, that like you're supposed to know how to do it, you know. It's like you don't know, but you know you have to you trust yourself, and you know that if you're walking off, it, you will make it happen. And and Romain was really happy with that. He was like he knew that I'm a super technical guy. Uh, he, he know my he knew my work. Uh, like you say, I shot in Antarctica, I shot Eiffel, blah blah blah. I did some stuff, and uh, and at some point, you know, now he trusts me, and now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna build a way of crafting this movie together. So I watched the uh, making of mm. that Netflix created and put online, which I would encourage anyone to see. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like there's scenes where you're going in and out of cars. There's scenes yeah. where you're going out of places. And the light's constantly changing on that. So how did you tackle that? Because I feel like wow. that's a crazy, constant, constantly changing things, but we're not getting blown out skies and we're not getting all this, you know, odd shifts. Like it feels natural. I mean, you, you, what, what you need to know, it's like, so I received the script. It's complicated. Everything is right. Then we did like, we had to find the location. Then on the location, uh, Roma explained to me on each location what he wants, you know, and I was shooting with my iPhone. And then we had a process, another layer of process before the shoot, which was we did a whole, we did a big rehearsal of all the shoots. So uh, all the movie. Basically, we shot the movie once before to shoot the movie with a small crew. So I, I, I was doing operate all the camera with an easy ring and my, my one Alexa Mini left. I had my focus puller, one monitor, and instead of having uh, uh, 500 cops, we had uh, 10. Instead of having uh, 300 uh, guys, we, we had uh, 10. So we were we did once all the scene, and we did, I would say, the we call it the bad version of the movie, but we did it once. On, when we did that, I had, before to, tr- to start to shoot, I had the opportunity to find a method and to understand what was like the complicated part. You know, do I have to block this window? Do I have to open this door? Do I where, where I have to be focused? What, what, what was all the technical problem? So when we shot once, we, we, we were doing a report each day, each night. And on this report, I was like, okay, that's a, I, there I have to put light there. To, so that's helped me a lot, you know, to manage. Um, obviously, to to find first a technical solution for each problem, <laughs> and also to to just not just find a technical solution, but but uh, but but find the best way to you know to take advantage of everything. So so is this is where I find out that I need a focus puller, but I so I also need a need a second focus puller, but it will just be in charge of the aperture and one variante. So I had on the camera always one very handy natural density, which is a filter, uh, two polarizer, which is a filter that you can change the intensity of the light that's coming into the into your lens, and also the aperture, the, the the aperture, you know. So I was I had a motor on the aperture, so I was constantly I had someone which was actually a real focus puller, someone that know how to do those change like uh, and be focused only on that. Um, and just like to to help me to change that. So the goal was like to not touch too much the aperture because I didn't want to change the depot field during the shot too much. 
or in propose. So I was I was I was working with that, and then sometimes, uh, I, you know, I mean, not all the time. I will say I was like putting more or less. I was putting a lot of lights, uh, you know, everywhere. I mean, you don't see it, but it's because I lit it in a simple way. But even the daylight scene are lit, you know. You know, I was like just to compensate in inside, outside, inside, outside. When we get to post, what was your working relationship with the colorist? Like, what were some of the things you had to change or adjust when you got there? Well, actually, the the uh, I knew Mathieu Kaplan for a while. The work that we had to together was was quite uh, interesting because it was my first movie in HDR, high dynamic range. And uh, I really wanted to to do the the real uh, process of the HDR, which is you shot and you grade in HDR, and then you do the SDR version, you know. So, but for that, you know, I had to adapt my way of lighting because HDR is special, and I also had to already create some LUTs uh, with with him because I. I, I just to 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 be sure that I was litting in a good way, I didn't have a HDR monitor on set, but I had to create a lute so I was sure that on set, the that was already like uh, that I was already lighting, you know, in a high dynamic range in a way. So we had we 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 did a lot of spread before, and then during the shoot we didn't talk that much. It was you know it was just watching some brushes and just to prep. And at the end, we, because of those lots, uh, we didn't have that much work in a way, you know, because I, I was I, I like to do that. You know, I always create a good look and then I and then I I take time. I do tests. I do I redo tests. I do two or three time tests. The first time is to, to get footage to create the lot. Then I improve the light. Then I then I fine tune the lot. You know, always with the light that I'm gonna use, the makeup, the the costume, the actor. So I'm really like in the in the in the shooting condition, and uh, and then it's quite easy because it's like already like this is the look of the film. This is the film, and I know how to do it. And I have one last question for you. Uh, what would you say is your favorite guilty pleasure film or TV show to watch? I, I mean, I always watch Gladiators. Always, when uh, and I always watch uh, The Godfather. But this is not a guilty <laughs> film. This is not a guilty pleasure. And even Gladiator is not a guilty. But but Gladiator was was a big inspiration, even on that movie, even on, yeah. on Athena. You know, I was like thinking about it. You know, it's like, you know, all the scene, the epicness. So um, I will say, Godfather, it cannot be guilty because it's just like uh, my routine. Each movie I watch. The Godfather one, two, three. I don't know why. It's like that. Whatever movie <laughs> it is, and I did it on Latina, but on Latina it was, it was not period movie. But 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 yeah, Gladiator. Yeah. It's something that I I think I, I watched it uh, fifty times. You know? Well, Athena, according to the director, when I was doing my research, he wanted it to be like a Greek tragedy, so sort yeah, of like exactly. The Godfather. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. It's 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 actually a Greek tragedy. You know? Yeah. It's 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 made like that. You know. That's why you get all the refer the reference of like uh, first it's uh, you know Greek tragedy you have to, it's a real time in one location which is what we had yeah this is why also we did all those uh, sequence shots you know 
because of the Greek tragedy and also because we wanted to be immersive. Well, thank you so much for letting me interview you today. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. So that's my interview with Mateus. I'd like to thank Mateus Bucard for joining me and remind you that you can get 10% off at filmmakeru.com using the promo code the cutting room. Now this podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of our team and that includes producer Jason Banky and our sound editor and mixer Evan Winch. I'm Gordon Raquel. Thanks for listening. <laughs>